0: I'll tell you though it was difficult because like normally I have an assignment. We're in a series. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. But like he said, whatever you want. <laughs> that is scary. <laughs> hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, OK, but you have to understand that that is actually more difficult than not. And so I'm, I'm wrestling, I'm toiling, I'm trying to figure out like I'm talking to my wife. and like, I don't know what to talk about, like blah, blah. So I'm going in and this opportunity came up for me to be in this kind of um, preaching competition event type thing, whatever it was. And I remember the task, the assignment, the topic was, help me, or help rather, I'm healing from blank. Now I'm like, ooh, I can use that. Because that's kind of like preacher gold, right? Because we can put stuff in, help, I'm healing from lust. I can, I can preach. Well, help, I'm healing from my marriage. Help, I'm healing from the government. Hello. <laughs> like, help, I'm healing from blank. And as I begin to write, I'm like, all right, let me, let, me, let me get one of these, I don't want to say cliche, but things we tend to hear about. And then, And then I read Matthew chapter 14, which before I reveal what we're going to be talking about, I want us to read that together this morning. This is... A very popular story, everyone knows it. They teach it in Sunday school, it was on the felt board. Everyone knows this story, but I I want to to teach it, hopefully, from a different angle. And um, it says this in verse 22. It says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up into the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffed by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on water. Let's stop for a second. I think sometimes when we read the Bible, we just kind of read it and glaze over it. But you got to understand, Jesus walked on water. Okay, okay let, me, let me, you guys don't get it. You, so ne- the next hurricane, this is what I want you to do. Get a boat, go 25 miles offshore, and, and walk on, he walked on water. Y'all, y'all, y'all not getting it. Like, this is not your regular Sunday morning, like, PBS program. No, Jesus was walking on water. Like, sometimes I feel like when we read the Bible, we just kind of, like, glaze over it. Like, it's some kind of fake story. No, this dude walked on water. Okay. All right. So (laughs) he walked on water. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out of fear. But immediately Jesus said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come on the water. I'm gonna tell you right now, when I read this story, I am the disciples, like, bro, I can't swim, so I'm gonna have to trust that. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to believe that. That's Jesus. I can't swim, I'm gonna tell you right now. I don't care who you are, I'm not walking on water. But Peter said, hey, God, if it's you, if it's you, tell me to come. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, He was afraid. Again, we see that that word. And beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Verse 31, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. He said, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did you doubt? Uh, The blank I want to talk on this morning is This is what I, personally, I feel like I need healing from, and maybe we all do too, but it's help. I'm healing from playing it safe. I'm healing from playing it safe. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you. Lord, we ask that this moment is a moment where we can be transformed by you. Use us and speak through us in your name. And everybody said amen. So let me tell you, so I have been, or I will be actually, August 25th married with Erica for nine years. (laughs) Not only that, we've been together for 12 years, one month and three days. Come on somebody. Now I don't know about you, well I do know about some of y'all, that is a long time to be with somebody. Some of y'all are like, mm-mm, wait till you get to 35. <laughs> Nonetheless, it's still a an, an considerable amount of time, and in those moments, you learn a lot about people. You know what I'm saying? Like when you're married with someone that long, you learn a lot about them. I learned a lot about Erica. I learned, number one, and I had her permission to share this stuff, but I learned that she is willing to wear the same pair of socks for six to seven days in a row. <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting into. I learned that when Erica is hungry, run. Oh, if, if sometimes on Sunday morning, if you don't see me here after on Main Street, it's because Erica's hungry. I learned that Erica is an amazing mother. Yeah. I learned that she's an awesome wife. She's a great friend, a great listener. I learned a lot of things, and it took me nine years, or it's taking me nine years and more to learn more about her, but there's one thing I learned at the get-go, at the, at the genesis of our relationship, at the beginning, right from the start. I was, we were on a date, and she's like, hey, babe, you want to watch this movie? Now, let me tell you right now, I'm not, I don't really like, I hate to use this phrase, chick flicks. You know, I, don't, I'm, I want. I want. You know what I'm saying? I just like, I don't know. I I want kapow, I want people getting a punch in the head. That's what I want. So Eric's like, hey, do you want to watch this chick flick? And I was like, sure. I was trying to date her. So I was like, yeah, babe, of course. Absolutely. Whatever you want. Yeah. So I uh you'll probably know this movie. We watched A Walk to Remember. Look, all the ladies already already knew it. See, I already knew it. You're like, oh, my gosh, I love that movie. <laughs> like, I already knew it. I already knew it. And so I, I, I sat there, and I'm watching with her. And now, now to give you some context, I, <laughs> I come from a family that, like, is, like, we don't talk about stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, I come from a family that just kind of stone cold. You know what I mean? Like, stone cold. So I'm watching this movie with Erica, and it's a good movie. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not going to hate. It's a good movie. And so... We're watching it. We get to the end, and if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry, but like the, main, the Mary, Mandy Moore is her name. She has cancer, right? Super sad. Like seriously, seriously, super sad. And so like we're at that po- we're at that part where it's like the most sad, right? And I hear, <laughs> I'm I'm still watching. I'm like, what is that? I hear, <laughs> so I'm like, what the heck is that? So again, I hear Whoa! I look over, Erica's crying. <laughs> now, I want you to understand, my family, we don't cry for anything. So I'm sitting there watching a movie, trying to date this girl, and she's crying. I'm like, what is wrong with you? I learned later not to do that. <laughs> That's something I've learned. I'm like, what is wrong with you? She goes, <laughs> I love it. And she says this, she says this to me today. I'm sorry I have emotions, (laughs) emotions. We all have them, right? There she is. She missed it. Um, (laughs) We all have it. We all have emotions. Some of us hide it really well. Some of us wear it all over our sleeve. We let everybody know what we're feeling and how we're feeling. Some of us have had trauma that has caused us to, to suppress all of our emotions. Many of us don't know how to deal with it, and the list goes on. But truth be told, we all have emotions. That's a tall tale sign that you and I are actually human. We're not from outer space. Emotions. But as I'm 32 years old, four kids, been in ministry for 10 years, I, I've, I've had this difficult time with just one emotion. I can handle some of the other ones. I can, I can, matter of fact, Erica, like whenever she says the word stress, I'm like, I don't, I'm not stressed. I just feel a little pressure. I'm not stressed. So like, I know I, I can handle some of these other ones. Right. But there's this one emotion I can't seem to handle. I can't navigate around and that emotion is fear. Fear. Fear will cost you and I everything. Fear has robbed me from opportunities. Fear has caused me to miss the signs of a broken marriage, a once broken marriage. Fear has caused me to quit football and stop pursuing my dream to play in the NFL. Fear has caused me to say no when I should have said yes. Fear will rob you of and I of everything. And the thing about fear though, here, here's the thing about fear that really bugs me. It's the fear of the unknown. Like, like the unknown, the things we don't know. I'll never forget how I felt 2015, 2016, at the rise of all the shooting incidents and events. I, I remember feeling fearful to go outside. Why? Because I didn't know if I was going to make it back. Fear, this is, this, is, this is me, this is what I struggle with. And again, I don't mean to superimpose my weaknesses, shortcomings on but I think a lot of us can relate that we don't know what tomorrow looks like at our job, that we don't know what it looks like when we send our kids off to college. We don't know. We don't know. And what happens is we, we, and here, look, I can hear, this is what I can hear. I can hear a lot of you guys like, um, well, Pastor Karen, there are scriptures that tell us not to have fear. I get it. You're right. Like we can look at a whole bunch. We can look at Isaiah 41:10, where he says, "Fear not." Right? Isaiah 41:10. He says, "Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will will strengthen you and help you and help uphold you with my righteous right hand." What about Philippians chapter four, verse six? A lot of us love this one. Do not be anxious about, but Through prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God so that the peace that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and mind. We get it. Oh, here's a favorite one. Proverbs chapter three, verse five. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. We love to tell people that, right? When they go into hard times. Uh, Just trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Don't you know? Submit your way to him and he will make your path straight. (laughs) My favorite one is... Is this last one, 2 Timothy chapter one, verse seven? We we like this one because the word fear is in it. It says God did not give us a spirit of fear. Because human for a moment, I still am afraid. I still have fear. I still don't know how I'm going to raise four girls in this morally broken world. I still have fear. I don't know how I'm going to navigate through some of these emotions that I have about my future. I don't know. I don't know. I'm still afraid. And what happens is fear unknowingly causes you and I in our Christian walk to play it safe. You know what? Just chill. Let me not, let me not. Let me not step out of here. Let me keep my kid at home. and They can just stay where I can see them all the time. Let me just work in this job, even though God has called me to do that job. Let me just, let me play it safe. And play it safe is defined as being careful or avoiding risk. Wait a minute. Hold on. Avoiding risk. Isn't that what Christianity is? Isn't Christianity a big risk? Like, comfortability. You're risking your social status. You're risking your sinful ways. You're risking your bad attitude. You're risking some of your, fi- all of your finances. When you say yes to Jesus, it's a big risk. Like you think it was easy? You think, because throughout the whole biblical, you think Noah wasn't risking everything when he said, yes, God, I will build you a big boat, even though nobody's ever seen it, because you say it's going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights. What's rain again, baby girl? What's... Well, anyway, I, I, I'm, I, I got you. I got you. You think Moses, you think it wasn't a risk when Moses saw a burning bush and he said, huh? And <laughs> the voice from the bush was, this is God. You don't think it was a risk when God said, hey, go tell this evil dictator to let my people go. But Moses like, but doc, I can't, I can't, I can't. You don't think that was a risk for him? Elijah, my favorite thing, ooh, like Elijah, right? You don't think it was a risk when Elijah says to 450 prophets, hey, I'm going to show you that my God is better. What if it didn't work? <laughs> like, what if it didn't? What, what if God was taking a nap at that moment and he said, look at this, fire. <laughs> Yo, what's up? You good? You good? Like, what if What if David, David took a risk when he went to the giant to face Goliath? Hosea took a risk when he married a prostitute. Like, like. The Virgin Mary took a risk when she went to her husband and said, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's he did it, he did it. Like the disciples the disciples took a risk following a carpenter. Following Jesus is a risk. But what happens is when we revert to playing it safe because we want to avoid that risk, we go back to living and thinking. The way we were before. And Jesus, Christianity, God is, is calling us to step out of that because, for me, fear plays a heavy role in that. I, I put it this way, fear at its best is at its best when you and I are living in the agony of the unknown. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I can't comprehend some of these things. I don't know. And I, I, want, to, I want to push this concept of, of the unknown because here's, here's what I want to I say. Like, when we step into this faith, do we really know? Like some of you Sunday school alumni be like, oh yeah, yeah, we know. We know there are certain things about our faith we know. Let me ask you this then. Have you ever been to heaven? How do you know it's real? How do you know that Jesus lived a perfect, sinless life? Oh, oh, it's quiet. (laughs) How how do you know I push you down? But there's something inside of you that that allows you to follow Jesus. Like when Jesus went to Matthew, he said, hey, stop your job. You're making a lot of money. Follow me. You think Matthew knew? You think he knew? Like, let's be honest. Some of it, we think, like, Christianity is this big, like, oh, everything is clear. No, God is a God of mystery. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Like, look at his parables. He literally says, I'm saying things to confuse you. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably the most difficult teacher to follow. Uh, take notes. Uh, um. Drink my blood, eat my flesh. God, did you mean, when you said that, did you actually mean drink your, like, he, this is, he's a God of mystery because if he was a God of certainty, if he was a God that we could know, he wouldn't be God. And so we, we really don't know. We really don't know. Like, that, that's the tension that we live in. We don't know. And you see, this is what this is the tension that the Lord's been dealing with me in. and He led me to this text, and what I want to do this morning, I, I, I just want to give you three observations. Three observations I believe that if we put into practice can help us avoid playing it safe, avoid being complacent in our faith, avoid Singing the songs on Sunday, but not letting the words sear our souls. Avoid oh, sitting there and saying amen, but not being transformed by the information that is being presented. Avoid all of that. And so uh, if you have notes, take notes, screenshot. I tell our kids this, what you write down now, we'll later. you be, you better remember. <laughs> and so we... Come to the end of a great miracle. Jesus just got done feeding the 5,000 with somebody's, a little boy's snack pack, right? And he just completed this massive miracle. And at the end of that, he said, tells his disciples, hey, we have another ministry voyage. I need you guys to get in a boat and head over on the other side on the lake of Gethsemane, on the lake of Galilee. And so here, here's Jesus, right? <laughs> Jesus says, and here's a quick leadership lesson. Jesus says, hey, I'm going to dismiss the crowd. Leadership lesson, always be the last one to leave. Yeah. Like, Jesus is like, I got it. Don't worry about it. He's, oh, he's more willing to serve than to be served. Yeah. Like, just pause for the cause right there. If you want to be the best leader you can be, yeah. just serve a lot. And so Jesus says, I, I got it. Go ahead. The disciples are like, sweet, cool. Let's go. All right. Jesus, you want me to there? Okay, cool. So Jesus goes, the Bible says he goes alone to pray, he's he's by himself, and so the disciples are heading out. Here's something I want you to know. I want you to know this, the disciples knew the destination, but they didn't know the dangers on the way. They didn't know the in-between. You know what I'm talking about? The in-between. Like we know Sunday's coming, but we don't know what Tuesday looks like. We know that 12 hours from now the sun is going to be in a different position, but we do not know the calamities that can take place within that. We live in between, between God's promise and our problem, between God's destination and our destiny. We live in between. So the disciples are in a boat. They know where they're going, but they don't know what is going to happen. The Bible says, the serious, crazy storm comes about, the waves are like, I I need you to picture this because sometimes we we don't think, we don't put ourselves in the spot of the text. So think they're on a boat. This is not a boat in 2021. (laughs) You you don't have the monitors, they they don't have an iPhone to let them know that, oh, there's going to be a storm coming. They don't have any of that. So they're in this rinky dink boat, 12 of them, bro it's raining. The sound of thunder is terrifying. Rain is violently hitting their face. The waves are smashing. And all of a sudden, this odd figure is walking on water. Yep. Bruh. <laughs> and so that's why he, he like, like the disciples are like, what's going on? They're probably frantic going crazy. What is going on? And like, it's, what is that? <laughs> like Jesus. And here's, here's the interesting. Some, some translations say Jesus was actually walking as if he was going to walk by them. Jesus is walking. And to me, Jesus has sobbing swag, so he's probably like. <laughs> Hair flowing in his face. I mean... <laughs> he's walking. And all of a sudden they're like, hey, uh, there's a ghost. Peter unknowingly says, I think, that's, I think that might be Jesus. And he says, hey, if it's you, tell me to come on the water. Tell me to walk on the water. Tell me to, tell me to step out. And, Peter sa- and Jesus says, come. The first observation I want us to make is if we want to live a life where we we'll avoid playing it safe, we have to listen to Jesus. He says, come. Come. Verse 29. Come. Come on. Erica will tell you, I hate the GPS. I don't know why. I have this. I want to be one of, them, one of them guys, you know what I'm talking about, Pastor Pete, that, like, that knows landmarks. You know what I'm saying? Like they're driving, driving down. I'm going down 17. I'm going to turn on 301. If I see that gas station, that means I'm 45 minutes away. You know what I'm talking about? I want to be that. But Erica's like, no, use the. Yes, she makes fun of me because I do get lost in parking lots a lot. So she makes fun of me <laughs> a lot. She, she makes fun of me. So, she, so, so the thing, the most like, so if I'm going to use GPS, I, I don't want to use the, the, the voice navigation. I just, duh, I don't know why. Like, I don't want to use it. And so, so when I don't use it, my chances of getting lost increase a thousand percent. <laughs> <laughs> and so finally, sometimes I just like, okay, fine. I'll listen to the navigation. Too many girls in my life bossing me around. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And here's, here's, here's what, I want you to, this what I want you to get. Because when I didn't use the voice navigation, when I didn't use the voice of direction, I settled for the voice of default, me. So in other words, if you're not listening to God, who are you listening to? And look, I want you to hear me. So, like, don't think every voice is God's voice. Sometimes it's just your bias. Don't be like, oh, God told me to tell you to. No, 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 no. That was your hate for that person that you wanted to finally step out and say something mean and not uplifting. Don't say that was God. That was your bias. Because when we're not listening to God's voice, we settle for the voice of default. And can I, can I tell you, we get it wrong a lot. God, Jesus says, Come my voice, listen to me, hear what I have to tell you. Like, like, well, because when we listen to God, because that's why scripture tells us this, scripture tells us, like, we, we grab his word, and a lot of you guys know this, his word is a light to my feet, a lamp to my path. That means it's dark ahead. And if we don't have the right voice guiding us, if we don't have the right voice leading us, we're gonna hit a dead end every time. Peter's like, God, if it's you, tell me, to, tell me to come. Simple invitation, easy. If it's you, tell me to, why? Because God knows the way. And here's, here's what I work down. I want you to get this. This is what I want you to understand. Obedience is the compass that guides you and I and the path that God has ordained for us. I want to listen to Jesus. When when he tells me, young people, listen to me. When the Bible tells you do not be unequally yoked, that's trying to help you. It's not trying to say, oh, we don't accept anybody. No, that's not what we're saying. We're saying you're not going the same direction I'm going, so there's going to be a problem down the road. When, when When the Bible tells us to forgive It's not for them. It's for you. God is trying to tell you, I don't want you to live in toxicity. That you will not be the person I've created you to be if you're constantly swallowed by hate and anger. When the Bible says, if at all possible with you, be at peace with everybody. Why? Because there is a world that is chaotic and they need a light to shine in the darkness. This is what we have to understand. We have to understand that his word is the best Way, yes. do you know why? Because he knows the way. Yeah. That's why. That's why they're called followers of the, way. the way. Because he he knows the way. That's why Jesus doesn't give any, the disciples like any description. He just says, "Yo, follow me." I, again, if we brought Jesus into this world, I want. I just want to see. <laughs> matter of fact, try this. I want to see, Pastor Ken. You have the best God figure. So I want you to. See, I want you. <laughs> kidding, just kidding I want some of you guys to walk into like Chick-fil-A and walk up to the next attendant and be like this follow me <laughs> you see, Jesus doesn't give them any kind of like, hey this is what we're going to do here's the plan, here's the three year plan, I'm going to do certain miracles, you can have doubts, you can have questions but don't worry, it's cool, I'm going to die at the end of it, but then I'm going to come back to life I'm going to save you, it's, he doesn't give them that, he says, follow me like I'm Erica, we're doing that tomorrow, Chick-fil-A. I'm gonna walk up. Hey. <laughs> like, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. But Jesus, when he says something, he knows where it's going. Don't forget he is the creator of the heavens and the earth. Don't forget that he is the author and the perfector of everything that is made. All things have been made through him and for him. So he knows where he's going. So we have to be willing to listen. Listen. So here's here's Peter, right? Peter here is the command, the the invitation to to come out into the waters. Peter does something. The Bible says he steps out of the boat onto the water. Now, the next observation, I want you to pay attention really, really close, because here's what you and I have to do. When we hear God's voice, we have to choose to act on it. You know, action is the only response the proper response to obedience. Yeah. What do you mean, Kieran? I, I, I have four girls and the, two, the old, two oldest right now, I'm constantly saying, hey, clean your room, clean your room, clean your room. Mom is saying, clean your room, clean your room, and then the will come, I cleaned my room. So we'll walk up there. <laughs> Nothing is cleaned. You didn't clean the room. Yes, I did. You know how you didn't clean the room? Because nothing showed that you were listening to what we said. Here's the truth. You can hear everything I say, but if you walk out those doors and don't do anything, you can read, you read you can read it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Blessed are the man who trusts in the Lord. I like that. Yeah, that's good scripture right there. And don't listen, and don't act on it, don't choose. Choose. Salvation, that's a God thing. I get that. But sanctification has to be pursued by you and I. Yeah. That's something that we don't talk about in church a lot. Big church, the process of, here's a question you should ask yourself, how godly am I? Like, how godly, like, am I pursuing holiness, a.k.a. am I choosing to give up what the world says is best and go after what God knows is best? Am I choosing to live like Jesus has commanded me to live? This is Christianity. This is the risk that we have in following Jesus, giving up what is comfortable and going for what is right. We have to choose. We have to choose, and I I get it. There's confusion, right? I see why we can get confused. As a matter of fact, Matthew chapter 16, verse 14. This is what it says. I'm sorry, verse 24. It says this. It, it, I, I, it makes sense to me why we would get confused. It says, Jesus says to the disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up the cross and follow me daily. Cool. Done. I said yes to Jesus at the altar. I'm good. Monday comes around. Bible Bible's still sitting there. Tuesday comes around. I haven't spent any time in prayer. Wednesday come around, you miss the opportunity to love on somebody just because. Thursday come around, no, no. Back to Sunday, we're singing songs, but we're really hollow. But then I read Luke. Luke says something a little different, but the same. He says this, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily. That means you have to choose every day to say yes to Jesus. I'm not talking about yes to eternal life. No, that's good. You're set with that. Yes to pursuing godliness and holiness. That's what you have to say yes to every single day. I would tell our kids this, like over the summer, there's a phrase my brother uses a lot, TNDO. That means take no days off. Over the summer, summer comes, what happens is, myself included, we take a vacation from Christianity. No, take no days off. Yeah. Every day is a grind. Every day is, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna love my wife today like Christ has loved the church. I'm, I'm going to raise my kid in godliness so that when they leave, They have a foundation to stand on. I I, I am going to make a choice every day because it may be hard. It may be difficult. It may not be be the the most easy thing to fit in your schedule sometimes, but it needs to be done. He made a choice. Peter says, okay, I'm going to come off this boat and I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you and I get it you look at this and be like if this if you were the disciples which they might have been thinking but that doesn't make any sense we don't even know if that's Jesus it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense for you to take 10 percent of your tithe and keep giving it to the church when you still can't pay your rent it doesn't make any sense to keep telling your son about Jesus even though he's living the lifestyle that you never raised him to live it doesn't make any sense to be kind to your boss who has been nothing but mean and mean and mean and mean to you. It doesn't make any sense, but can I tell you and encourage you today that fakes, faith makes a fool out of what makes sense? Yeah.
1: Yes. Peter's like,
0: I, I, I hear you, but I'ma go. I'ma go. I'ma I'm step out, I'ma I'm a choose to listen because that's, what, that's, that's the beauty thing about faith, right? It happens in this inner thing that we, we know that hey, if we do this, there's, there's going to be something on the other side. We don't know what it is, but there's going to be something to choose every single day, every single day. And the word has made it easy. It's easy to read your Bible. Listen, just read a verse a day. Put our notifications on. Boop, there it is. It's like like I want you like n- these guys back then had a difficult, it's hard, don't get me wrong, but like God through common grace has given us an abundance amount. Like there is teaching on YouTube. Yes, yeah. you, like we almost have no excuse in America why we are not getting closer to Jesus. It's a choice. It's a choice. So Peter, Starts walking on the water. Now, like this is where I'm. I'm starting to like really think. So, as he's walking on the water, what did that look like? You know what I'm saying? Uh, when he stepped out, was it solid at first? Was he was he shaking? Like, did he like? Ooh, my kicks! Like, what happened? Like, what like? <laughs> what, what what did that look like? Because the Bible says, like, as he's walking, things are happening. And so here's here's my third observation. As we walk, because we don't know what's in front of us. We don't know if it's sturdy. Like, he's walking on water. It's not like he he knew, like, it was solid ground. No, no, no. He He didn't know what would happen. He just stepped out. And here's the third observation I want you to see. As we follow Jesus, avoiding this play it safe mentality, we have to trust God. You see, we may not know, we may not know some of these biblical things, these concepts, but we just trust. This is like the whole concept of faith is not based on what you see. Hear me, if you're waiting for, tr- for trust to manifest itself, you're gonna be waiting a long time in the boat. What does scripture tell us? Faith is the things hoped for. Hoped for. And the things that we do not see. Faith is not about what you and I are looking at. Faith is about who we are trusting in. Like, I can't be, I can't be walking out on water and worried about what other people are thinking about me. I can't be walking out on water and worried about what tomorrow is going to look like. I can't be walking out on water and so concerned with everything around me. No, 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 no. Friends, we, we have to trust him. And I want you to get this. The concept of see, I think maybe, and this this is my interpretation, that remember when Peter said, Lord, if it's you, he doubted a little bit. Listen, he didn't doubt that Jesus is real. He just wasn't sure about this next move. He wasn't sure. And we have moments like that. We're just not, he's like, um, God, if that's you, just tell me to come on the water. Yeah. And the Bible says as he's walking, he saw the wind and the waves. But here's, here's my, 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 my interpretation. I don't think, I really don't think Peter actually saw Jesus or he can make him out. Because when they saw him, they thought it was a ghost. So the rain is hitting, like it's just this figure. So he's like, he's still in this doubt mode. So when we say, keep your eyes on Jesus, you know what we're saying? Just trust him. Because I don't think, I, I don't think, because I don't want us to, to walk around this idea that every time you're following Jesus, that you're going to, like, see something. Yeah. Yeah. That you're going to see something tangible. Oh, yeah, there it is right there. I'm going to, that's the goal. I'm going to keep my eyes on that. I think, I think when he, the word see is this inner trust yeah. that he's there. Yeah. Good. Good. Like, he's walking. Like, I, I'm honestly, he's probably looking at his feet like there's probably a shark running around and like, it's like, he's like, Ooh, Nemo, like, you know what I'm saying? He's like, like he is, and the Bobby says, once he took his, his eyes, his trust off of what God said he would do onto what the world and what the devil and everything else around him is throwing at him, that's when trouble hits. Trouble hits you and I when we when we forget what his voice sounds like. Trouble you and I when we forget the the promises of God. Trouble hits us when we when we just don't remember what he looks like, what his what his promises say. And that this is this is why Peter, I like, I relate so well with him because I am the one. Because all of Peter's skeptics come out and be like, oh look, he didn't have any faith. I think he did. I just think he had a moment where he was doubting, when he stopped trusting. Like you want to talk about, and Jesus didn't say, Jesus never said he had no faith. He said he had little faith. Why did you doubt? Like he's walking on water. He's like. Oh no that wave is big and the thunder is hitting and it is scary and I I get it but like this is the risk in following Jesus I don't care what's around me as long as I hear his voice as long as I make a commitment a change to, to make a choice to follow him I'm going to be all right I'm gonna be all right there's a risk in that I get it it looks crazy to have people out there people think you're cuckoo for cocoa puffs I understand but, but, but there's, there's a risk, and the risk is, the risk is, verse 31, that when Peter fell, Jesus, here's, we don't know how close Peter and Jesus were. We don't know the relation. What if Peter was a mile away from Jesus? He's sinking. He's still there. Peter, Peter was falling into the water, and the Bible says, immediately, 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 right. Jesus reaches out his hand and saves him. What if playing it safe wasn't protecting us, but was preventing Jesus from reaching us? Right. Like what if Jesus is not reaching because you're just in the boat? Right. You're just sitting there like, like Pastor Ken brought this to me today. Like what if Peter never got out the boat? There are certain transitions that says Jesus walked right by. So here's what I don't want. I don't want you to be in a storm without Jesus. I don't want you to be in the difficult moments of your life without God. These, the Bible says Jesus is like walking by them. Yo, Jesus, hey, hey. Oh, you want, what's up? Yeah. Like, I, I just want us to get this concept. But it, it, there has to be this trust. And every single day, I'm going to choose to listen to him. Every single day, I won't relent. I'm going to read this. I'm going to study it. I'm going to grow in my faith. I'm going to teach people about my faith. I'm going to minister to people outside. I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to do everything for Jesus. It's it's a risk. It's a risk. So would you stand with me? I want to share this last story. I... uh, was at a conference seven years ago, and the pastor shared this amazing story, and I want to share it with you this morning. He said, um, there is this older saint in the church, and she came up during a testimony time to testify some of the things that God did in her life. And so she got up, and she said, um, church, you guys know I've been in need. I've been in need of groceries, and wouldn't you believe it? I opened the door after I heard a knock, and there was groceries sitting right in front of me. Then she looks at the church and says, God did it. God did it. God did it. And so she continued to testify. She said, man, everything in my pantry that I needed was in those grocery bags. And she looked at everyone and said, God did it. God did it. And God did it. And right at that moment, her neighbor, who was an atheist, stopped out and said, aha, I'm trying to show you that God doesn't exist. God didn't do it, I did. And she looked at him and said, God did it, God did it, God did it. And he's like, no, no, he didn't do it. It was me who got in my car. It was me who drove to the grocery store. It was me who used my credit card. It was I who put the groceries on the front door, knocked on it, and hid it in the bushes. It wasn't God, it was me. Then she looked back at him and said, God did it, and he used the devil to pay for it. I'm trying to let somebody know that when you take a risk with Jesus, it'll always pay off. It'll always come to fruition. Jesus is worth taking a risk. Oh, come on, somebody. If you believe that, why don't we lift our voice? Why don't we begin to sing and declare right now? Hallelujah. Come on.